0: Now, in this last section of this talk, I want to go back over the first 12 chapters, the book of signs. We've spoken before how the book of signs is the book where Jesus manifests himself in the Father by his speaking, but by his miracles. And there are seven signs in the book, in the book of signs. If we were having a class where I could hear you, I'd say, tell me what they are. So stop and think now. I'm going to go over them slowly so you can try to get ahead of me. The first sign is... He tells us what the first sign is. This was the beginning of the signs that Jesus worked, right? What one was that? Cana. That's the first sign. And it announces Jesus as the one who has wine, not water, for us to um, be refreshed by. Okay? Then, that's at Cana. Then Jesus goes down to Jerusalem... And there, uh, he, I've, I've skipped a lot of the prologue and so forth. Maybe I shouldn't. The prologue sets the thing, that's the whole gospel right there. All those first 18 verses, you see. Then we have the Baptist witness, and then all those titles of the Lord that are in those, um, uh, Philip, we found the one who's written about, Peter, and Nathaniel, you other, all those titles given to, those by to jesus by the first disciples i better go faster then we have the marriage feast at cana and then jesus goes down to um, uh, the jerusalem cleanses the temple and then uh john tells us briefly about the uh, reaction to jesus's signs and how he wouldn't entrust himself and then uh He tells us that while while Jesus was there in uh, 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 Jerusalem, Nicodemus came to see him. Naktimon ben Gurion, from this very wealthy, aristocratic, wealthiest people in Jerusalem. Some of them were Pharisees, meaning they were very conservative, very strict observance. They weren't all bad guys. Only the Pharisees who couldn't see beyond their own practices were the bad guys. Um, so Nicodemus and they talk about baptism Uh, and this water being the matter by which it's going to be divine life is going to be imparted then we have the Baptist's last witness and then some reflections beautiful in chapter 3 then chapter 4 Jesus leaves Judea now try to remember what we're doing see if you can remember he leaves Judea and where does he go? Samaria Samaria and we know all about the enmity between the Jews and the Samaritans and all that. And Jesus goes, and this Samaritan woman comes out. Remember that dialogue? He's promising living water, and she finally gets it when he tells her everything she ever did, and she becomes the first apostle to the Samaritans herself. You see? And then, by that time, Jesus goes back to Galilee, and he performs another sign, the second sign, the curing of the royal official's son. He's in C- Capernaum and the... Uh, sorry. He's in Cana. And the royal official is in Capernaum. Then, Jesus goes back down to Jerusalem. You can see already that the disposition of the material follows a different idea. In the synoptics, Jesus is up in the north and he goes one time south to Jerusalem for his crucifixion and death and resurrection. In John... There's three trips back and forth, which is more likely. uh, But both of them are using geography as a theological medium to present our Lord's life, his deeds and his words. So now he's back there. And now we have the first real conflict. We had one tell us, you know, by what authority you do this when he cleansed the table, the temple. And he said, destroy this temple and in three days I'll build it up. He prophesied, but they didn't get it. The disciples didn't get it, but they remembered it when he was risen from the dead. So he goes there and heals this blind this this crippled man, and then when they find out that it's healed on the Sabbath, you see, there's all this discussion about the Sabbath, where Jesus is claiming an authority. The Father works until now, and so do I. I hope you remember. In the in the Mishnah we have this thing. Well, if God rested on the Sabbath and did nothing, the whole world would collapse. So, he must do something on the Shabbat. Yes, he can. He gives life, he heals, you know, he does those sorts of things. Uh, and so, the Father does that on the Sabbath, and so do I. Why? Because I'm equal to the Father. And they knew what he was saying. And so, uh, they took up rocks to kill him. Finally then, in the last verses of this chapter... Jesus talks about the witnesses to himself. John the Baptist, the scriptures, the signs that he does, the Father, and so forth. All the witnesses to to Jesus. I hope this is helping now to help remember where we are. Again, now Jesus goes south for another feast day. You see, the feast days that uh, are in John, you see, are all listed for us. Uh, So, we have here the multiplication of the bread at Passover. And there, at Passover, in the desert, Jesus feeds the the crowd. He's saying, I'm the new Moses. And they get it, but they don't get it. They want to make him king and drive out the Romans, so he has to hide. And then they're going across the lake and there's a storm, and then Jesus joins them by walking on the water. And the way John describes that, it's a takeoff, on Psalm 105, uh, then the crowd meets him, and we have these discussions. I am the bread of life, and finally, at a certain point, I am the living bread. Uh, and the flesh that and the bread that I will give is my flesh for the life of the world. But first, it has to be transformed by that act of love and suffering that I do on the cross, which is the foundation for the, the resurrection. My transformed spirit, and by that act of love, is the basis for the resurrection. And now, you can feed on my resurrected body and blood and live forever. Then, so that's that long discussion that I hope you remember in chapter 6. Then, uh, the, there's a Judean hostility. There's a notice about it as, as chapter 7 begins. Now, he's gone back up to the north. His brothers say, you better go down to the Feast of Sukkot. If anybody wants to be known and make a splash, he's got to be where the crowd is. And he said, you go. I'm not going. What he meant? I'm not going like that. He goes. And he goes to the Feast of Sukkot, uh, or the Feast of Tabernacles. And um, there, uh, there are these discussions, you see, uh, about who he is. And in the middle of one of those, Jesus says, On the last and greatest day of the feast, Jesus stood up and cried out again, cried out, If anyone comes to me, uh, everyone anyone is thirsty, let him come to me. You see, Uh, let him believe in me. As the scripture says, From out of his midst will flow rivers of living water. Now he said this of the Spirit which those who believed in Him were going to receive. But the Spirit was not yet. doesn't mean the Holy Spirit didn't exist. It was not operative in salvation history in this particular way until Jesus was glorified. Then if you remember, and we'll see now when we get to chapter 19, He dies. He hands over the Spirit. Now, from now on, the Spirit is the leader of the church. Okay? So, there's this healing of this blind beggar on trial and all the conflict, all the... And it's almost humorous, you know, this blind beggar, broke, poor, no money, can't see. And he's confounding all these experts on one thing. Look, I was blind, and now I see. That's all I know. If you go and think he comes from God, that's your problem. I don't know where else he would come from. And it's... uh, So, John says to every believer... That's you, don't you understand? You can witness to what Jesus Christ has done for you. And if you do that, some will believe and some will hate you. Uh, But that's your job. So you see, every Christian is the blind, healed beggar on trials. Uh, And so that's a long, as you remember it, delightful interaction. And finally Jesus um, meets him again, and he says, Do you believe in the Son of Man? That's Jesus' favorite phrase. Uh, He says, Who is he, Lord, that I might uh, believe in him? And Jesus says, You are seeing him, seeing him, with your eyes, but with your spirit. And he worshipped him. And he came to full faith and was a full believer. Now that is a parable as well as a healing. And it took place at the Feast of Sukkoth in the part of the feast which is dedicated to light. Then, there is the second part uh, where uh, there's this water and the feast the other part of the feast water flowing you know from not from the pool of siloam where he washed the blind man which means sent he went to the pool of the sent one which is jesus now he comes back seeing you see and uh, bears witness so that's, that's the, the Feast of Water part of the feast. Then, there's a speech by Jesus being the shepherd and the sheep gate. Uh, yes. Uh, again, and then finally, there's the, the, another feast day, the uh, feast day of the dedication, where Jesus proclaims himself Messiah and Son of God, and they want to kill him. So Jesus, he's finished going back and forth to the north. He's down now. So he goes back across the Jordan, where John was baptizing, sort of uh, closing the circle. Now he's back where John was baptizing. Then we have the last chapter of this, is uh, before the, the last sign rather, is the death and resurrection of Lazarus, and this is a long chapter, fifty-seven verses the longest one chapter, I think, in John. And it's all about resurrection and life. Now, Jesus is going to raise this man from the dead after he's been buried four days. Why? To strengthen the faith of his disciples and to strengthen our faith. And to realize that he's promised, you see, when you eat my body and drink my blood, you will be living forever. I have the power to do that that's what he's saying by raising Lazarus you see so then you remember the story we just had it Mary anoints his feet finally there's a plot against Lazarus to try to kill him as Augustine says that's not too bright if he raised him once he could raise him again I mean what I don't get it and then Jesus' royal entrance into Jerusalem but as a humble man from Zechariah and Zephaniah riding on a donkey and that does it you can see you know uh, we're getting nowhere, his enemies said. Then the Greeks want to see him. At that moment, when the Greeks, now the vocation of Israel is going to be fulfilled. In Christ, the whole vocation of Israel is going to reach out to the rest of the world. How does Jesus know that? He knows it divinely all the time. But in his human mind, because the Greeks want to see Jesus. So that's when Jesus says, now the hour has come. And if I be lifted up, I will draw all to myself, and then there's the glorification, and now the rest of that uh, chapter is talk, talking about uh, the unbelief of the Jews, and Jesus's word and judgment. That part we just did in the first section today. We did that last part of, of twelve, where uh, Jesus said, you know, if I lift it, lift it up, I'll draw all men to myself and the unbelief of the Jews, and Jesus' word and judgment. You see, this is what the judgment will be, the word I've spoken. That will be your judge. So you see how important it is to listen to the Lord. Listen to Him. Read the Scriptures with an open heart so that you will see and understand. Amen.